Everyone wants that amazing, fulfilling, and profoundly connected relationship we've all read about and dreamed of. Someone who gets you and you get them. And all is wonderful in the world. But what's the reason some of us don't have it? Maybe you don't know shit about having an authentically great relationship. That's according to our guest this week. Gary John Bishop is the author of Love Unfucked, Getting Your Relationship Shit Together. It's the latest title from his Unfuck Yourself series. He'll share why you need to stop shifting blame in your relationships, take responsibility, and face yourself first if you truly want a real relationship that actually works. This is The Fit Mess, conversations with world-class experts in the fields of mental, physical, and emotional health. In this episode... Nobody's growing up like, I can't wait till I get older and fucking really master the art of dark resentment. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, when you get in touch with who you really are and you see your relationship in terms of that, you'll see why a lot of it doesn't work. Now here are your hosts, Zach and Jeremy. Welcome to The Fit Mess. Thanks for listening while you're doing whatever it is that you're doing. I'm Zach and he's Jeremy. We've been through all kinds of struggles and ended up stronger because of them. And we want to help you do the same. So if you're sick of your own shit and ready to make a change, you're in the right place. Especially if your relationship is a mess or if there's a wake of bad relationships in your past. We've got a great interview for you this week with the man who calls himself the Sex Pistols of Self-Help, Gary John Bishop. We're not just talking about romantic relationships either. We're talking about your relationship with work, family, friends, your phone, yourself. What do you bring to everything in your awareness? And is it delivering the outcome you want or the one you end up with? I can't wait for this interview. I love talking to Gary John Bishop because every time I read his books, every time I talk to him, it really, uh, I don't know what it is. It just strips my ego away. And, you know, looking at my relationship with myself, I'm questioning so many things about just myself and my relationship with myself, not even taking into account relationship with work and family and friends and things like that. But in like looking at the relationship with myself, there's so many things in my past I would never question. And when I'm questioning my own beliefs, the growth that happens after that is amazing. That's really the value in so many of his books and in the now three conversations we've had with him is that he really helps you strip away all of the bullshit that clouds your judgment and and really lets you get to the root of what you bring to your day, to your life, to your relationship, and helps you find ways to improve it. A lot of the problems that you face in your life and the things that, that you're frustrated with and the things that are in your way, so many of them are you and your mm-hmm. beliefs and the things that that you just hang on to. For me, I've been hanging on to the idea that I hate the gym. I hate working out. And I've been doing it. It's not true anymore. It's not true. I'm actually enjoying it, even though I hurt myself today. But but I'm enjoying it. And I'm finding, again, you know, we talked at the beginning of the year about resolutions and doing one thing, right? Just like starting one thing. And that one thing is cascading into all these other things that I'm doing. And so many of them are born from the thoughts that I'm having. And this, just again, the conversations we're having on this show, where when you think about who you want to become, the healthier version of you. What are the thoughts that person has? What are the actions that person has? And when you take those steps instead of the same ones that keep putting you in the same shitty position over and over again, all of a sudden, all of those healthy patterns start to just become who you are. So no matter what the thing is that you're working on, like showing up better at work or as as a dad or as a mom or as a partner, whatever it is, that work has to be on becoming the best version of you that you can be so that you can truly add value to whatever relationship you're in or the one you want to create. 
our guest today is much more knowledgeable about this than we are and a hell of a lot funnier about it <laughs> than us. But before we get to that interview, something I do to make sure that I am the best self I can be is to feed my body the nutrition that it needs. I started taking athletic greens because I really needed to have a supplement that tasted great, gave me all the things that I needed. And I didn't want to have to take 10 pills a day or spend all of my time cooking all the meals. I try and get my nutrients from food, but let's face it, we don't get everything we need every day from food. So Athletic Greens was a great solution for me. It tastes great. gives me everything I need for more energy, better gut health, optimized immune system. It has less than a gram of sugar, and there's no nasty chemicals or artificial anything, and it actually does taste good. And for what you get, it's less than $3 a day. And right now is the time to incorporate better health, and Athletic Greens is a perfect start. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash fitmess. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash fitmess to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. That link will be on the show notes and it's plastered all over our website at thefitmess.com. All right. As we mentioned, our guest this week is the Sex Pistols of Self-Help, Gary John Bishop, his new book, Love Unfucked, Getting Your Relationship Shit Together. We asked him why a relationship book is needed now in this ongoing hellscape of a pandemic. I mean, that wasn't deliberate, right? It wasn't like, well, let's get a relationship book in the pandemic. Uh, but I think it's timely. You know, relationships, whether you like it or not, tend to bring a lot to the surface for us. Um, and often a lot of things that we're kind of ignoring or overcoming or pretending we can get along with when we really can't. But a lot of the stuff that I do is just, it's like anti-establishment. I, I really do believe I'm the fucking sex pistols in, <laughs> in this area, right? Like, and I'm up against an ocean of fucking area of speed wagon. And um, there's nothing wrong with Ariel Speedwagon. It's just not what I'm doing. And, uh, you know, I'm really, a, you know, really like no kidding uh, to impact the quality of people's lives. And what better way to do it than in the way they do relationships. With everything that's going on in the world, right? I mean, everyone's yeah. getting new jobs and remote work and just everything is changing and divorce is potentially on the rise here. Why is that? Are we at home with our significant others too much? I think there's two there's two kind of changes that happen in a person's life. One is when you're finally sick of your own shit, that'll force you to change. Or when life forces you to change. So life will impose a condition upon you, something will happen, and it brings a perspective, if you like, or a perspective shift. I think for many people at this time, that perspective shift has actually been empowering. I think many people have got clear about what matters to them mm -hmm. and started to really go like, shit, you know, where was I going? What, you know, this isn't who I am. This isn't what I'm about, which is an interesting realization for something to have. And it shows that that kind of realization is possible for people. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, in this situation, it's kind of forced upon them but that you can come to that place where like, oh, no, this is, this is not a life that I really want. And, and it kind of forces you to find solution. And the amazing thing is people find solution, right? It's fucking shocking, who knew? But, but at the same time, then there are those people who this has been a suffocating experience. 
and they've been burdened by it and it's been constraining and it's been pressing and it's been on them. But the same kind of conditions apply, right? I want people to get like, okay, that's your experience of something, you know, because this, if you look at the, the term or the idea of a pandemic, it's this thing that shows up that impacts us all, whether it impacts you in this way or that way or whatever way, it doesn't matter, it impacts everybody. Um, other generations have experienced those kind of circumstantial, all-encompassing things, right? From disease, war, pestilence, like those have been around forever, right? And it impacts the quality of life. And it's amazing because, you know, I mean, I'm old enough to remember the Cold War. And, you know, that was like a specter hanging around in the background of everyone's thoughts. You don't know who's talking about it. No one's going, oh, fuck, you know, we're all going to get blown up, you know. But but every now and again, you know, it would peak up in the news a little, and then it would go away, and then it would peak up. And so it was this kind of like irritant. It's constantly on. And so when that kind of era ended, there was a palpable sense of relief. You actually got, wow, that really was a big deal. That really hung around society. I think this is the same. I think people will see in years to come that this was a significant burden on people. Even those that were like, oh, I don't care, I'm just getting on the way. I think I think it's had an impact on everybody. And I think it would be, one, silly to underestimate the thing, but, but also unwise to overestimate it. You know, you have to you have to keep yourself grounded in some kind of logic, and um, and stay connected to, like I said, what matters to you, what inspires you, and whatever difference you're out to make with your friends or your family, your loved ones, or your community. That's a lot of relationships that you also reference in the book, and because this book is not just a how to make things good with your spouse. This is very much yeah. your relationship with the entire world around you and your place in it. Right. That's a lot right. to bite off uh, in in one book. How do you think yeah. you did? Nah, fuck it. <laughs> fuck it. Go for it. What I usually like to do in my books, and I say this all the time, but it's true. The real value in, in my books is not necessarily what I've written, but the thinking that you're going to have to do about what I've written. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's the fucking value. The value is in the, in the breaths you take between sentences and you go, oh, damn it, <laughs> you know, shit. Or a paragraph or a chapter, whatever comes to mind, whatever investigating you do. If you just sit and kind of fucking churn your way through it, I mean, you'd be better just reading a Doritos bag, you know. It's much more powerful for you to engage with what I'm saying here and think about what I'm saying and inform your way through it because I think that's where the real value in all of my books is. It's not so much, I mean, I'm putting you in a, a spot to kind of think, but the real treasure is, is in the thinking for sure. There's one thing you wrote. I wrote down a couple of quotes from the book that I love. And and I think what you're getting at here, this quote kind of encapsulates that. For what it's worth, I have no problem with confronting what I believe or even changing what I believe because I'd rather have happiness and love and passion and adventure than the tattered and bitter token of self-righteousness to console myself with on the cold and isolated nights of my life. And you should too. I mean, that that sums it up. I mean, if, if you're not challenging your own beliefs and your own ideas all of the time, are you really even growing? No. No, you're, you're fucking dying on the vine. Right. 
you really are. You're like, you're just gathering evidence for what you currently believe. You know, you can change your mind about something, okay? And you can be convinced of something. But the critical parts of your life, if there's any element of those that doesn't work, you'll have to question what you've come to believe. Mm -hmm. You'll have to. And unbelieving a belief is not easy, right? It's not easy because you've kind of built your life around it. Mm -hmm. And you've even had conversations with people about it. And that's one of the things I loved about, like a lot of philosophers over the years, you know, when questioned on something, they'll say, yeah, I don't believe that anymore. And people will be like, what the fuck? What do you, mean? you fucking don't believe that? I believe that shit that you told me. And now you're saying you don't believe that anymore? You're like, no, no, I thought about it. And uh, no, I don't believe that to be true anymore. <laughs> right? And they had spent fucking 15 years of their life like talking about this thing, explaining this fucking thing. And all these people were like, oh, that's amazing. Blow my mind. And, and then they're like, no, move on to something else. I fucking love that. I love that. I love that. And, and, and why I love it, by the way, is because you can present people with something like, like a belief and you can see life in terms of it and you can see life through that belief. You can actually see like, oh, shit, yeah, like life seems to make sense inside of this. But you could also present them with something else, like a prism that they get to see life through, that that makes sense too. And it's all contextual. It's all a contextual, you know, shift for people. And um, there's a lot of things that right now in society we believe to be fundamentally true that'll be proven to be not true. Yeah. I think part of the illusion that we have is that we are the fucking age of enlightenment. Right. Yes. No, we are we are the pre-age of enlightenment, right? Like <laughs> we're still fucking stumbling around in the dark, like trying to light the candle when really it's like a blazing fucking sun. Um, and that's okay. But I think that's the kind of arrogance of being alive. The arrogance of being alive is that somehow we have got it all worked out. Yeah. When we fucking don't, yeah. we're just, we have, don't have this worked out. Yeah. Well, speaking of not having things worked out, I, I may have one or two or a million things that, that fall into that category myself. I know for me, I've had a relationship in the past where, I needed to change in order to make the other person happy. And I yeah. went through those efforts to step up and do right. the things that the person wanted me to do. Yeah. And in the end, it didn't work out. It, like it well, just, of course. Should so have fucking what, called me. Yeah. So <laughs> why, why was I making a mistake there? Because you can't change who you are. You can't change you know, who you are. No, you can't not, not fundamentally. Yeah. Right. You are wired a certain way, aren't you? Like I'm wired a certain way. Right? We're all wired a certain way. If you're out to expand yourself as a human being, you're always looking to see what's beyond that. Like what's outside of that, right? But that doesn't change. Mm -hmm. That's right. always there. Right. Right. But but I'm exploring and I'm looking. Right. But there's still this kind of mechanism just churning you out every day. Yeah. Right? You don't wake up and you're like, holy fuck, I'm somebody else. Nobody, you know, you wake up yeah. and you're like, I'm Zach. And, you know, you didn't even fucking say that. You already know you're Zach first thing in the morning. You don't have to remind yourself. You're not looking at the mirror like, I don't remember who you are. <laughs> you know, you, you're, you're this thing, this series of thoughts and behaviors. It's there by default. But all too often in a relationship, what happens is 
when two people come together, if you take away all the bullshit, two people come together and what they see in the other person is something that they believe will fix them. Mm -hmm. There's something about you, you have that thing and that you bring that thing and that makes me feel better about this thing. And that's happening both ways. After a while in a relationship, you realize whatever that missing piece was for you, it's still fucking there. And that's the end of the honeymoon period. Mm-hmm. And now you're into, well, I don't like the way you do this. And, and, then, and then the other person becomes the problem. Now, and I, I don't kind of be broad about this, but if you find yourself like, oh yeah, yeah, I'll change myself, you know, whatever you need to do, that actually points to some work you haven't done on yourself. Mm-hmm. If you're not settled with yourself, which is okay, it's very human. But if you're, if you're not, it's not so much like, am I willing to do what, what works for the relationship? It's almost like you're acknowledging the flaw of self to acquiesce to their flaw of self. Like yeah. it's like, oh yeah, my bullshit's bigger than yours, right? Yeah. I think, I think a big key in all of this is vulnerability, is the ability to stand there and acknowledge who you are, acknowledge like, yeah, this is what I fucking ended up with. If I could have made it any different, do you think I wouldn't have done that? For some people, it's expressing the love. Nobody's growing up like, I can't wait till I get older and can't fucking get the word love out my mouth. Mm-hmm. But we end up there. Yeah. Or I can't wait till I get older and fucking really master the art of dark resentment. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. or, whoa, unbridled anger. Here I fucking come, you know. <laughs> Nobody's doing that. But man, we end up there. Yeah. We end up there. We end up with fucking unbridled anger and resentment and the inability to express ourselves or 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 withholding or lying or stealing or cheating or infidelity. Nobody's fucking going through their youth like 40, divorced and bankrupt. It's gonna be fucking great. No. And and your youth people are like. I want to do this and I want to do that and I want to fucking make records and I want to, well, maybe not records because I'm sure major, but I don't want to fucking be an actor or I want to, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's all possibility. So I'm really interested in not only what turns did you take, what did you come to believe to be true? How does that play out in your relationship? But actually they put you a little bit back in charge, like, most of our relationships are not reflective of who we really are. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're more like a game to try and keep something together in some way, shape, or form. And uh, when you get in touch with who you really are and you see your relationship in terms of that, you'll see why a lot of it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So people don't change, but... The relationship changes. So what yeah. happened? What happens to that person who, when they were twenty, got married and went, "Oh man, this is going to be amazing! What a life we're going to have! We know yeah. each other, we love each other. This yeah. is going to be great." And then they do hit forty, and yeah. and they hit the button and they're like, "I'm out. I don't. I don't want to do this anymore." Yeah. If they can't be changed, so something changed, and maybe they didn't change so the let relationship. Me, let me let me elucidate a little bit on that change thing, right? So if you start with like, there's a basic you that's set and immutable, okay? There it is. That you exists in an environment of endless you. Mm -hmm. 
endless potential you. But that you will never move. We spend our lives trying to fix that you. And I'm saying, just fucking let it be. Look around. What else is here? Because I think we're a little fascinated with the idea of change. I'm saying to people, this is an opportunity for you to experiment with the keys to the fucking Lamborghini Mm -hmm. rather than pondering whether you should get in it or not. This is your opportunity. There's like this thing here, this you that you've ended up with, which is okay, but that's not the limit of you. Mm -hmm. And, but that's the you that people tend to focus on, on trying to make more of this, less that, fix this, repair that. No, I say, let that be. We know what that does. It's not so fucking great. Let's be honest, right? It's not amazing. It does what it does and it survives this fucking life. So that won't change. What can change is your awareness of that, how you can actually start to master how that impacts your life, how you can actually start to experiment and express and experience yourself in new ways. That's what changes. Then what's showing up in life really is like a new you. But that old fucking dynamo that ain't going anywhere that'll still be there like you know i'm not good enough i can't do it and then yeah yeah yeah. like that's not fucking going anywhere that's there all right now what (laughs) and so you know for those that feel as if they're constrained or they find it difficult to cause breakthrough in their life is because they're trying to make this thing break through rather than just let that thing be does what it does. The interesting thing for me as human beings is your ability to create your experience of being alive. Mm-hmm. We all have that. It's there. Whether you experience it or not doesn't matter to me right now. I, I just want you to know you have that capacity. You have mm-hmm. the capacity to create love, but not to create love to fix something. See, that's bullshit. That's mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that just so that you fucking feel better about the way that I pick my toes in bed. <laughs> right? I don't do that. But anyway, if I did do that. But what I'm interested in is expressing love for the sake of love. I'm interested in bringing to the table what I believe is consistent with the kind of relationship that I want to have with a person. And that's when you have to start getting straight to yourself and really start to identify what is it that matters to you in relationship? Like, what do you want this to be about? And rather than looking across the table to see whether your partner's bringing it, which would be another fucking absurdity, because if I want love in my relationship and I'm sitting there going, okay, fucking love me, is it what you got? I'm the one that wants it. Yeah. If I want love in this relationship, oh, this is my fucking job. Because this is what I want this to be about. Or if I want it to be about connection or passion or loyalty or adventure or whatever, you now start to identify who you need to be here, which in many cases, by the way, will start to disrupt that little fucking default survival you. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. 
Yeah. Yeah. So the fundamental wiring that we have that you're suggesting, we just leave it be. And I would argue that my wiring wouldn't pass code, but that's, that's a different conversation. (laughs) Is that, (laughs) um, is that why you think that like people tend to repeat patterns in their relationships and keep going after the wrong thing and, and, and over and over again? Right. So in the book, I call it an identity relationship. So whatever your missing piece is, meets up with their missing piece. Yeah. And even though you're like, well, you know, I don't even know why I find the people attractive who I find attractive. I'm fucking telling you why. Because yeah. when the dust settles, the way that they are actually allows you to continue being you. Mm-hmm. So that's why like people say, well, I don't always attract assholes. I'm like, because you're fucking looking for them. Yeah. Yeah. Why do I attract this kind of person? You don't attract them. You find them. And it's amazing. People are like, well, yeah, but what is that? Because it allows you to perpetuate all of that internal mechanism over and over and over and over. So, for instance, if part of your internal mechanism is I'm not lovable, right, which is pretty common, actually, but I'm not lovable. I can't have love in my life. You might meet somebody, I really love you, and they say, I love you. And you go, like, yeah, this is fucking awesome. And I love you. And I, you love, this is fucking great. Mm-hmm. After a while, you will find a way to invalidate their loving you. Yeah. You'll diminish it. You'll undercut it. You'll either invalidate them or yourself or the love that they're talking about. Mm-hmm. So that that internal noise, I'm not lovable, will prevail because I'm not lovable can't exist in the same moment of time as I love you. It can't. So the more you understand about that, which sometimes people get a little like desperate, like, oh my God, I'm fucked. No, you're not. You're fucked if you believe it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the only way you believe it is when you don't recognize it for what it is. If you see it for what it is, it's no longer a belief because you're observing it. So you're not the believer, you're the observer. But when you believe it, there's no way out of it. It's funny hearing you say that. I've, I've done that. You know, I've been married for 20 years. I've done that with my wife where we went, I love you. I love, and and we're, we're still good. There's nothing there, but, but I, I do that. Like, Oh, I'm not, they can't possibly love me. This is bull. I never thought about how fucking insulting that has to be to the person who loves you. Oh to not God. feel their love. Like that's, that's a mind blower for me. I never right. thought of like, how insulting that is. Chop fucking liver. Yeah. Like, right. And, and sometimes that's what it comes down to. Like sometimes people, it'll get vicious. It'll be like, you don't know how to love somebody. Or when you say you love me, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. You can't know what you're talking about. So all of that points to some incompletion from your own, you know, earlier life, childhood or yeah. teenage years or something. When you had an experience and experience was real. And then it stuck. And that is a big part of your youth, you know, like in your younger years, you're kind of looking around, you know, to get a sense of what you need to be on your toes about. And and in that equation, you're working out who you are. Mm-hmm. And invariably, who you are is, it's not fucking good news. Yeah. Because you're trying to work out, you, you, you have these little kind of wounded moments where something happened and, it rattled your cage a bit. Mm-hmm. That gets internalized. Now you're out to avoid that. 
Now you're out to overcome that and to make sure people don't see that or la la la. You become someone. And, and, that, that, and that, that you that you become walks into relationship, right? And then you're like, this isn't going well. Maybe it's just a communication issue. No, you're fucked. Stop, right? Just stop. What the fuck are you doing? And But that's the way two people walk in, which is someone asked me a while ago, they asked me on social media, they said, what advice do you have for someone in their 20s? And I said, don't come out of your 20s until you've fully completed your past. Yeah, for real. Because if, if you can get that settled for yourself, you'll be free as a fucking bird. Do you think that's what's meant by, what is, you can't love someone else unless you love yourself? Is, is that? Well, that's a little Pollyannish for me. Yeah, you yeah. Know, I'm a fucking sex person. Anyway, so you yeah. can't, I, there's a place that I came to about a dozen years or so ago. And, and there had been this experience in myself that was very uh, disempowering. And I, and I finally got, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. I'm fucking okay. Yeah. I'm okay, you know, like I'm okay. Yeah. Oh man, what a relief. What a like, fuck, I'm okay. <laughs> like I'm okay. Yeah. Right. And it was moving and, and wild even like to get that I'm okay. Like, like all of it, the whole fucking thing, all the shit, it's okay. You know, yeah. um, it's okay for me to be me. And, and it's okay that I fuck some things up. And it's okay that, that I can, that I get wounded or vulnerable or, or people might do things. I'm okay and it's okay. And so I never, I never bought into that whole thing of loving myself. I'm really much more settled with being at peace with it. I'm in a good spot with me. Yeah. And, um, that alone is fucking mind blowing when you can kind of sit there and take life from there. Like, you know, you want to take it on from here. Yeah. Um, and then people can say shit and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm okay. I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know yeah. we just have a minute or so left. I got to know as you're writing a book like this, does your wife read over your shoulder? Does she get to see the pages? And at any point, did she, oh, Gary, you're so full of shit. You can't say well, that. My wife book. thinks I'm fucking full of shit anyway. <laughs> so that doesn't make any difference. It's my wife. What are you expecting? <laughs> like, do you think she's going to be washing my fucking feet at night? Or um, no, I mean, she's my wife, you know, like we're like this. But, but, I, but I live what I say, you know, like it's yeah. real. This isn't. This isn't some fucking bullshit strategy. This is how I live. Yeah. Um, and one thing that I will add, by the way, in the book is I say it's okay to argue. Stop making arguing like a fucking big thing. It's nothing. You know, and you can let that shit out and get it said, and it doesn't mean anything. And if even if later there's something you need to clean up, then just clean it up and let's move the fuck on. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Gary, we're out of time. Thank you so right. much. Love talking to you. And uh, let's do it again with the next one. All right, you guys, awesome. Thanks so Thanks. much. That was Gary John Bishop, and his new book is Love Unfucked, Getting Your Relationship Shit Together. You can head over to thefitmass.com and check out the show notes for this episode to learn more about Gary, and we will have links in there for the two other episodes that he was on. So just to kind of wrap up that conversation, whatever relationship you're working on, the work has to be on you and for you. You can't change other people, and you can't change for other people. Because then you're just adopting whatever broken shit they bring into the relationship. The work has to be on becoming the best version of you that you can be so that you can truly add value to whatever relationship you are in or want to create. And 
if there's a relationship that you want to create, don't let the conversation about getting your relationship shit together end there. Find us in our Facebook group where you and fellow FitMess listeners can support each other, take part in our monthly challenges, and create accountability to reach your goals, or just find connection with our community. That link is also on our website where we will be back next week with a brand new episode with fitness and lifestyle transformation coach, London Souza. She's the host of the Self Love and Sweat podcast. You'll find it at thefitmess.com. Thanks for listening. See everyone. We know this podcast is amazing and doesn't seem to lack anything, but we need a legal disclaimer. Prior to implementing anything discussed in this podcast, it is your responsibility to conduct your own research and consult your physician. You should assume that Jeremy and Zach don't know what they're talking about, and they're not liable for any physical or emotional issues that occur directly or indirectly from listening to this podcast.